Hi, I'm Terry O'Reilly, founder of OBP Australia, a service for overseas-born professionals looking to either get their first job in Australia or advance their career once they're established in their profession. Welcome to the podcast. Each episode, I'll be talking to an ex-OBP Australia client who's been successful in finding employment in Australia. We'll get to hear about their journey and what advice they have for job seekers. Rochelle is a senior consultant, business analyst and product owner with more than 10 years ICT industry experience in both Australia and Sri Lanka, working within the software development lifecycle and agile environments. Rochelle has experience preparing project documentation, implementing projects which require integration with third-party software, process re-engineering, change management, business process analysis, and gap analysis, to name a few. I first met Rochelle in January 2016 in Colombo, Sri Lanka, where I was running an OBP Australia information session at the Kingsbury Hotel for professionals intending to emigrate to Australia. She was eager to do the preparation required to make a successful transition to a new life in Australia. Rochelle is highly focused and clearly very good at her job given the role she's had. Rochelle, welcome to the podcast. Thank you, uh, Terry. Now, Lovely to see you after a while. It's been a while. It has been a while. Now, we first met in January 2016 in Colombo, Sri Lanka, when I was running an information session at the Kingsbury Hotel for professionals about to embark on the emigration journey to Australia. That's correct? Yes, it is. So, so take us back to that time. What did you know about Australia before you came? Um, to be honest, uh, I've come to Australia a few times before uh, because I've got family here. So I've been here a fair few times before. But the reason that I um, attended your information session was, although I had family and friends here, none of them were actually working in the IT um, industry. So... It was difficult for me to get information from them, like what to expect, what is the work culture like, you know, that sort of question. So um, that's why I decided to join the information session and get as much information as I can. So I know going in what to expect and um, sort of like, what should I do? What shouldn't I do? That sort of thing. And did you choose Australia because you'd been here before and you had connections? Yes. Um, uh, funnily enough, uh, like because I've been here before, I kind of like the country and um, the fact that it wasn't too hectic, like not too crazy. Um, and the fact that, of course, that I've got family as well. So those are the main reasons that I decided on Australia. And the same reason you chose Melbourne to settle in? Actually, the visa that I got, um, they gave me Adelaide. Um, so when we came here first, we actually went to Adelaide. Um, but back in 2016, I guess uh, the IT sector wasn't very active in Adelaide. So although I managed to get a lot of um, interviews, um, I didn't quite land a job as such because uh, because of the fact that I had not worked in Australia. So their main concern was the fact that I didn't have Australian, um, um, what did they call it? Uh, Australian Local experience. experience. 
Yeah. yeah. And was that um, only in Adelaide or did you find that elsewhere as well? No, just in Adelaide. Hmm. It's, but, always a, um, it's always a little bit harder in the smaller cities. Correct. But um, since then, I've got few friends who have gone into Adelaide, so it's 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 really changed. And there are a lot of uh, IT companies that have opened uh, branches and stuff in Adelaide, so it's changed. But back in 2016, that's where I first went, and because it didn't work out, then I moved to Melbourne. Right, and now take us back to when you first arrived. You had been here before. How many times had you been to Australia before you finally settled? Uh, probably six, seven Oh, times. wow, that, that's quite a lot, yeah. It's almost <laughs> like a second home before you arrived, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. And so take uh, us back to the final one when you came to to, to live, to settle. Um, tell us about those first few, few weeks and months in Adelaide where things were a bit tough. Yeah. Finding work. Um, yes. So... When we first came here, we were in Melbourne for about probably two or three weeks. And that's where we sort of went through the um, the rental properties in Adelaide. And uh, got my cousins got in touch with some of their friends to kind of uh, give us like the ideal location or the best locations in Adelaide where there was trams and stuff because none of us had really any idea about Adelaide. Um, and then uh, once we found a reasonable property or properties, really, um, that's where we went in. And the first few weeks was pretty much um, trying to find a place to stay. So we stayed in a motel um, and then we went apartment hunting and then we finally found one and then obviously moved in and um uh, it was a bit of a culture shock because coming from Sri Lanka, you're used to having um, the shops open till like 10, 11 in the night, sometimes uh, later. Uh, but when I came, when we actually came to Adelaide at that point, even Coles and Woolies would close up by about four o'clock, <laughs> um, even on weekdays. So that was a bit of a culture shock. <laughs> yeah, that's a very different feel. Um, and, and more people around, I think, too, in Colombo and most cities in the Correct. world, I think a lot of people say when they get here, where are all the people? Correct. And Adelaide was a lot less people and a lot less younger people mm. at that time. Um, so, like, our neighbours were really lovely, uh, two very um, old couples, but they were really lovely. Um, so I think we were, like, the only young people in that apartment unit um, but most of them were like retirees or um, yeah I think most of them were retirees so uh, it was difficult at first to you know kind of connect because they are from a different age group and then you're from a different age group also you're from a different country so but they were lovely and they made us feel very welcome and then um we so how, to... how long did you um, persist in Adelaide before you felt you had to relocate to Melbourne? Uh, we were there for about six months. So That's quite a while, months. yeah. Yeah. And uh, we both, myself and my husband both, we were applying for jobs. And uh, when the IT sector wasn't working out, we started applying for, um, say, casual jobs. 
And that too, the fact that we have never worked in Australia before uh, was a factor that we got rejected. So, and then, um, but we did uh, think about, okay, we got here this far, like we can't go back. Um, or rather the last resort was to go back if nothing worked out, but we were both persistent and we were like, okay, how can we get out of this? Um, so we reached out to uh, um, friends and we reached out to people that we used to work with. So all colleagues, all school friends and friends of friends, we just started making um, connections. And then finally something came through where a, a previous colleague of mine said um, they have a company um, in Melbourne and there is an opening where I'm willing to relocate. So um, I said, yes. And that's how we moved into um, Melbourne. It's amazing, isn't it? You're, you're the same person, but if you have a contact in a company, all of a sudden you're a different person. Exactly. <laughs> mm. So, and, and I think it also is the fact that Melbourne is more migrant friendly, whereas Adelaide wasn't at the point. But, you know, things have changed now. So you didn't need to use recruiters to get your first job. You, you got it through a contact. Is that right? Correct. Yes. Uh, was there an interview for that job? I'm assuming there was. Yeah. So there were about two remote interviews because they did the initial one uh, over the phone and then one over Zoom uh, while I was still in Adelaide. And then they had two more uh, when I came back, when I came to Melbourne. Um, so I think the whole interview process was about four sessions, I think. And what was that first job that you had? What job title? Um, it was a digital producer. So kind of like a BA, but more into the um, um, websites, really. Just website creation. Um, you know how they used Magento, the company. So it was more requirement gathering and then passing the the um, development center was offshore. So it's passing on the requirements to them and then getting a feel about how the pages are designed and how it's set up and what are the colors the client wants and you know communicating all that information back to the development center and making sure that um, the quality was of good standard. So much of a technical aspect from your end or was it more requirement gathering and coordinating things? Um, it was more requirement gathering and coordinating because if it was, say, something to do with the database structure, um, one of the uh, offshore people got involved in those requirement gathering sessions. So we used to pretty much do um, Zoom calls as well, even back then, because of the fact that the development center was offshore. Right. So the reason I ask about how much technical uh, aspect there was to the role was uh, at the interview, was it all um, soft skills assessment or were there, was there some test that you were given as well, a technical there test? There was a test. There was a technical test. What, so what was did, that? Tell us a little bit about that. Yeah, so they gave different scenarios um, and then it was pretty much checking um, how as a BA, what sort of information I would gather and how as a BA I would handle a certain situation where say the client was difficult or they didn't know what they wanted. So how would I actually get into their head 
and get that information out of them when they didn't know how to express it sort of. So um, yeah, that's the kind of questions they've, uh, they threw at me. <laughs> and how did that interview compare to what you would go through in Sri Lanka? Was it similar or was it significantly different? Uh, it was different because uh, in Sri Lanka, sometimes the, tech, uh, the interviews don't take that long. Like I think probably two, three sessions and that's it. But whereas in Australia, at least a minimum of four interviews are there. And sometimes it's the first one is a phone interview or sometimes even with the recruiter, if you go through a recruiter. And then the second one would be someone from the company. Um, so it was more a chat to see how we would fit culturally and uh, with the values of the company. And then the, the the next one would be a more technical one where, you know, they'd throw a scenario at you and they'd ask, you know, what sort of, as a BA, what sort of questions would you um, ask the potential clients? And then this is a scenario, how would you react? That sort of thing. And uh, before my recent role, um, they actually gave me a scenario of one of the clients that they're actually working with. And I had to come up with the use cases and figure out um, using the BA techniques uh, of prioritization, what are the uh, use cases I would work or uh, the test, uh, yeah, the use cases I would work on first, and um, how would they, how would I write the user stories, to what level I would write the user stories, um, and then how would I explain it to uh, the developer? So there was a role play as well. So it really depends on the company and the kind of questions they ask. Yeah, the process can be incredibly long with all of the interviews, can't it? It's unbelievable. Second round, third round. Um, it seems like it takes forever just to get the job. So that brings us to to what you're currently doing and your job. Just before we go on there, I do have a dog in my room snoring at the moment. So if people can hear that in the background, it's not me. Oh. <laughs> I, I have a, a very old cavalier who's uh, on the chair behind me making a bit of noise. So um, just bear with that. So your current job, you're a senior consultant business analyst at the moment. Is that right? Correct, yes. Take, take us through what you do on a daily basis and maybe explain it for somebody who's from your industry, a professional peer, because there'll be people listening who do your job. Yep. Um, so this is predominantly a consulting role. Um, so on a daily basis, uh, it, depending on the type of uh, project that you're doing, um, um, I am actually required to facilitate some of the agile ceremonies, like say stand-ups, um, retros, um, sprint pla planning or grooming, uh, backlog grooming, that sort of thing. And um, so during the stand-up, we pretty much go around the table as such and I'll get the updates from everyone as to what they're doing, what they did, what they plan to do, and if they have any roadblocks and things like that. And um, then next we'll be working on, um, I'll be working on the user stories if I need to refine them, um, if I need to speak with the business uh, owners or the product owners and um, add more to it. Um, and then would have technical sessions with the developers as to say, 
this is what we need. Um, the difference between this um, company is it's a team effort where it comes to design. So it's not just me saying this is, or me or the tech lead saying, um, this is what we need, this is how you should do it. It's more of a team effort. So um, everybody gets uh, a chance to voice their opinions and uh, that can be good or bad. And um, so, yeah. <laughs> and um, and what would you say are the challenges in your job? What, what are the tough parts, I guess, for a senior consultant? Um, sometimes not really knowing the technology because uh, you may have never worked in that technology and sometimes you are thrown into that situation and it takes a while to really understand um, what the guys are talking about or sometimes developers can be really really techy um, and it goes over your head and you're like can you explain that in English <laughs> sort of thing <laughs> without going into too much of the technical detail so um, but if you're persistent I guess you can get there or uh, you can get uh, help or you can sometimes use Google to understand some of the things and um, if the so that, that professional funding. development, that new acquisition of, of new skills, is that left up to you or is there some formal process for, of training or professional development? Um, there's both. So, so if I want to, I can um, request for certain training and the company allows me to go for uh, training, whether it's soft skills or uh, a certification as such. So depending on the allocated budget, um, I can choose one of the, um, the types of training and then attend. And there is also books that the company um, lends out so we can read and um, do things on our own in our own time as well. And okay. sometimes some things I just learn on my own because I know I don't know this. So if I know this, it's, it's going to help me. Um, so I do that on my own time as well. And I, I suppose things change so quickly in your industry as well. Often there's not somebody to teach it necessarily. It's always new things coming up. Is that right? Correct. Yes, yes. The technology specifically, they keep it keeps changing quite rapidly. And also when you're in a consulting role, um, it's very different to a product role, which was what I had previous experience with. So you know the product inside out. It's just you're focusing on just the product development and the clients, whereas with a consulting role, you are sort of, um, you might do one um, project which is in FinTech, and then you might move to the, uh, another project which is uh, say in mining or something like that. So it's completely different industries. And sometimes you may not really have um, any experience working in that industry. So it's just learning the language that they're using, learning the terminology, um, as well as trying to understand what the client wants as well. So it can be challenging, um, but it's also quite um, rewarding as well. Do you find it easier to work within an industry domain that you've worked in before or they're all the same. I mean, not all the same, but they all have their own challenges. They all have their challenges. So the reason I actually decided to go from product focus to 
um, consulting was because after you work in a product company for um, two, three years, you kind of know the product. And although they may be introducing new features, it's still for that product or it's still for that industry. Um, but whereas in consulting, that challenges you more because you are sort of given opportunities to work in um, sectors that you've never worked in before. And so you can grow your knowledge and it must be you can great learn for your, from others. Yeah, it must be great for your professional development, getting that it breadth is. of experience. It is, yes. <laughs> so there'll be a lot of people listening who don't have the level of experience that you do have. What advice do you have for somebody who's trying to break in as a BA, a business analyst somewhere? Maybe they've just um, finished uh, university and they're mm -hmm. looking to get their first job. What's a good starting point? I would say um, if you uh, if you ever get a chance to play multiple roles in your um, industry, I'm talking specifically for IT, I don't really know about the other industries, but say if you manage to get in, um, even as a QA, I would say just go in, get that experience, because if you play multiple roles, trust me that... Um, knowledge that you gain during that time would help you uh, down the track as well. So the reason I'm saying that was I, I started my career as a QA. Um, and that's when I realized I actually like to know what's inside the customer's head. And so I learned the tools and techniques and how the um, quality assurance is done. But then I wanted to know okay, this might be one way the customer might use it. What are the other ways the customer use it? And to get that sort of information, you need to be someone who's willing to talk to um, uh, the, the end customer, the end user. So that's when I decided to change track. Um, so did, did you move so, up within the company? Did you go from QA to, to BA within the company or did you shift yes. company? You did No. I, I just uh, went up within the company that was back in Sri Lanka. So it's always easier to to move up inside a company than as opposed to trying to go sideways outside and then up because they know you already, correct? Correct. Yeah. And it also depends on some of the employers because even though you're coming from a QA background, but if you um, have that um, drive, to learn things and if you have that thirst for knowledge, they may, and if you kind of prove yourself um, during the interview process or even during the probation period, they might actually consider giving you that opportunity. So don't shy away and if you ever get an opportunity to uh, do multiple roles, take it um, because you, all of that experience helps you in whatever role you're, um, you you end up with. Yes, that's good advice. And thinking about Australian culture in general and Australian workplace culture, mm -hmm. at least in the jobs that you've had, how does it differ, differ from the way people operate in Sri Lanka, for example? So management style, uh, perhaps, level of formality. What, what's different about working in Australia? Um. In the companies that I've worked here, the there is no hierarchical structure, it's a flat structure. 
So, I mean, of course, we do have managers, but it's not strictly enforced, if that makes sense. Um, and also what I found out here is back in Sri Lanka, say, uh, depending on the type of project, um, sometimes even though you knock off at a certain time, you might be required to uh, join meetings or reply to emails, even if you're at home. But in Australia, if you knock off at whatever time that you um, knock off, that's that's it. Until the next day, you're not expected to read emails or to join calls unless it's it's an emergency or unless there's like a big release going out and you are required to um, stay and help the team. Um, but otherwise, it's it's really like you're supposed to work only during the time that you're supposed to work, and the rest of the time. You can, you can have your me time or you can spend it with your family or do anything you want. So, and that's something that I really like here. So in Sri Lanka, it sort of bleeds into one or the other, does it? The, the work and the, the home life. Yeah, because most of the comp- IT companies in Sri Lanka are servicing European cri- clients or European or Australian. So you do tend to work um, the Sri Lankan hours plus the client's hours at least half of it. So uh, it's like a very long day <laughs> at the end of it. Uh, but here it's just um, you work the Australian hours and that's it. And, and about... also, sorry. Go, go ahead. Yeah. And also the office culture is different where, you know, um, like Fridays it's more casual and um, you, you can have... Um, uh, like, you know, you can leave early or you, you get, um, in some companies they have beer o'clock. So you get either wine or beer or something like that if you're into it, or you can just leave early. So that's also something different. The beer o'clock. So how, how do, <laughs> it's a very familiar term uh, for me, of course, but how, how do people who don't drink alcohol fit in at that time where people go to the pub at, four o'clock or five o'clock on a Friday or have drinks in-house? How do mm-hmm. they how do they fit in? Um, well, in the companies that I've worked in, um, if you actually don't drink, you, there are other non-alcoholic beverages on offer. Um, even if you actually do go into a pub, you can actually just grab um, a soft drink if they have sure. it. <laughs> uh, but it's really, it's just, you know, sort of, it's not really about drinking. It's more about socialization and connecting um, outside of work. You know, connecting as a person rather than this is Rochelle, she's a BA, this is so-and-so, that's a product owner, that sort of thing. It's just getting to know me as a person and the other person as a person. So, yeah, and, and- otherwise you have the option to go home early. Right. And what about other aspects of fitting in? What do your colleagues talk about at work? It's not always about work-related matters. So what, what do you discuss? Well, uh, I've been working in very inclusive uh, companies. So we've got people from all over the world. So it's it's really getting to know them, their culture, their families, and why they came here. And, you know, like what has changed in terms of, you know, what they used to do back at home during festivals, what they do it here, how they do it here. So, yeah, it's just, and, you know, 
trying out different food because there are so many different food options in Melbourne. So like whether you're Indian, whether you're um, Greek, whether you're British, whatever, there are so many food options. So it's really getting to know them, um, appreciating their culture, appreciating their cuisine. And yeah, it's, it's sort of like a different experience. That's excellent advice. Just to, to finish up, you were in a slightly different situation in that you were quite familiar with the country when you arrived. What advice would you give to somebody who is about to leave their country of origin to emigrate to Australia? What can they do in preparation to find work? If you had um, known, let's say, beforehand what was going to happen when you arrived in Adelaide and Melbourne, what would you suggest to somebody who has not yet departed their country of origin? Do your research. So whether you've been here or not, um, do your research. So that means research about the place that you potentially want to settle in, whether that's permanent or temporary, um, and your industry. So that might be going for information sessions such as um, similar to what you had or it can be just stuff online that you can find and also some of the companies some of the especially the IT companies here they do um, provide work visas so if you if if you want um, research about those companies their culture um, and just just don't apply for the sake of applying because unless you have that cultural fitting, it's going to be difficult. So just do your research. And um, if you would find a company that does a lot of work visas, um, speak to them first and uh, whether it's through email or whether it's Zoom, speak to them first, try and understand what it is. And if you can uh, secure a work visa, by all means, go for it. Um, but otherwise, if you can't, it's just do your research. Like, So um, when you say a work visa, are you talking about employer-sponsored ones or just a general? Correct. Yeah. No, so did you know, do you know many people who've taken that road? Yeah, I know a couple of people. Again, these are uh, the ones residing in Adelaide. So there are companies that does uh, employer-sponsored visas. And there are a few in Melbourne as well, actually. Are they for BA roles generally or QA testing roles? What What's typical within your industry for sponsorship? Um, for some, it's actually developers. Mm -hmm. it, it really depends, I guess, on the company and what they're looking at. So um, some are developers, some are QAs, um, and some are actually project managers as well. So it depends on what the company is looking for at that time and your skill set, so if it matches and you can sort of um, show proof that you have worked in whatever the industry that they're working in, or you have the skills to make it work, um, that you are given a fair chance of you. Excellent advice. So thanks for joining us today and sharing your experience, Rochelle, and congratulations on the success you've had in your career and establishing yourself and settling after an initial rocky start but that's yeah. quite typical for for many yeah. people so thank you and good luck for the future and i'm sure we'll talk again 
Yeah, thank you so much, Terry, for the opportunity. OBP Australia provides guidance and support with job applications and approaching employers, industry awareness, interview coaching, and language and communication. You'll also be introduced to your professional peers already working in Australia, so you can get the lowdown on what's happening in your industry or profession. If you're looking for guidance and support to find your next job, email me at terry at obpaustralia.com.au. Let's talk.